All right. Welcome to the Live Marshall Podcast. I'm your host, Dave North Martino. Okay, so we're doing a podcast. This is going to be episode one. Just like it says uh, in the title, Live Marshall is all about living your life as a martial artist. So as we said, live martial. Live martial. We're going to talk about living, living as a martial artist instead of as a hobbyist or as an activity, right? As an activity that we do two times a week. And there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with this. There are people, and you know, if you're a teacher, there are people who come in and this is what they do. They come into your class and they take your class and then they go home and they forget about your class. And then they go to work or school the next morning. And then the next night they do whatever they do. And then the next morning they go to work and, or school and they say, oh, I have martial arts. I have karate tonight or whatever it is, whatever style that you're studying. They have a martial art class. They have to get to it. They, they get back home. They grab their stuff. They go to class. They trained for 45 minutes today instead of, you know, what it was an hour and a half, two hours. They do a 45 minute class and they jump in the car on the train, whatever public transport, whatever they're doing. They go home. Maybe they walk, walk today. Nobody walks today and they go home and they don't think about martial arts until the next session. So that's, that's really what I'm getting at. So I want to go over and you can go over this with your students or you can think about it. If, if you don't have students, if you're a martial artist working your way up into martial arts, I want to talk about how to make martial arts a lifestyle because it's a passion. It's not just something we do for 45 minutes. It's something that we do throughout our lives. So I made some notes and I figured I'd talk about some of this stuff. And I think you could kind of identify with it. If you've, if you've subscribed to this channel, you can, you can definitely, definitely, um, you'll, you will, you'll be like, yes, yes, this is, this is, this is correct. And if you have any other thoughts, if you're watching on directly on YouTube, then leave me information in the comments. Yeah. Comment, comment. Tell me what you think. Let's have a discussion about this. Okay. So, and in so doing, we're also going to talk about what sets us apart when we're not the people who just look at martial arts as an activity, what sets, sets us apart. Well, one of the things, right. About having a lifestyle live martial, right. Having a lifestyle as a martial artist instead of having a hobby, having a passion as a martial artist. One thing that we do is that when we come from home, we come home from a, from a class, a private lesson, uh, maybe a solo training as we've learned something about ourselves and about what we're doing through solo training as well. And, uh, you know, whatever it is, may, maybe we've gone to a seminar. One thing we do typically when we get home is we write notes and we write a lot of notes, not just technique, although technique is important. 
And today, you know, we have today the ability to get video and audio and books and we can get things for free and we can get things for, you know, a decent price. You know, back in the 1980s and early 90s, video cassettes, which is what we were getting for the most part, were expensive. And you had to buy them out of a catalog and you had to wait weeks, you might wait a month for it to get there. Now we can go onto YouTube or wherever and we can get all sorts of information very quickly. Some of it good, some of it not so good, but we can get that information and then we can try to parse it and try to figure out is this, is this good or not. But back then it was a little bit harder and even notes were, were much more important then. But still, writing down names, the names of techniques so that you can look them up later, writing down sequences, writing down impressions, how you feel when you do something writing down how you felt when somebody took you down, you know, the, the way you're balanced, the way you lost your balance or, or anything like that, but also history, history, his dojo history. I had a teacher once who said that we really should keep a, a, a document, create a document on the history of the school, starting from when the school started. Because, you know, you might be lucky, you might be in a school that has been around for 20 years, 30 years. There's a lot of history there, maybe 50 years. It's amazing that a business like that, because that's what a martial arts school really is today. It's a business. And it's amazing that it's stuck, stuck around so long. It's incredible. And all sorts of things have happened. Maybe the teacher started out in a garage. Like my original teacher started out, uh, Grandmaster uh, Anthony Gould, started out in a garage. And there are stories told about how they would train barefoot on the cold concrete. And then they would use kerosene heaters. And those heaters would suck out all the oxygen. So the the... The air was warm, but you couldn't breathe. And uh, the, the concrete of the garage was freezing, right? So these are just fun and interesting things to know. But also writing down who you trained with. Because some of those people won't be around forever. They'll, they'll be around for three months or whatever. But writing down who you trained with, your training partners, what happened the interesting things that happened, the stories told by your teacher or by upper level black belts or upper or senior members of the school. What are the stories that they're telling? These are interesting things, but keeping notes and it, it, it just the art, the act, I should say, the act of taking notes cements a lot of the stuff in your mind. You know, when I do videos, a lot of times I talk about referring to my notes, but many of my notes are up here. See, I took the notes, but I don't necessarily have to go back and look at notes. Sometimes I do, but many times I think, oh, I think about something and I work with it a little bit and I go, okay, that's what it was. And then I'll do a video. So having these notes can cement 
all this stuff, all this, all this information that you're getting in your mind. Really interesting stuff. We could talk about that forever. So another thing, so let's, let's go to something very simple and something that I'm not very good at. No, I'm going to be honest here. I'm not very good at it. Diet, diet. Yes. What you eat is important. It's important to your training. How much you eat, when you eat things, you know, and, and it can just be as simple as when you're going to a martial arts school. And we're going to talk about this too, because this includes like hydration, which is important. But sometimes you go, you, you take like, you take a seminar and you take like a crazy six hour seminar and it's hot and you're drinking water and something happens if you're not careful, right? If you're staying hydrated, which is important. And, you know, maybe you're not using sport drinks. Maybe you are. But I remember back in um, the 1980s when we finally were allowed to drink water because there was a thing called water discipline and you were expected to go two hours without drinking water. That was just part of the discipline of the training. And it might be why I have, I've had kidney stones, you know, and later in life, but this was a thing. And I think it stopped at some point when a, um, I think, I think it was a, a cadet at a police academy or, or a few cadets at a police academy ended up dying and then they changed everything. So I won't go too far into that, but what happened was we were given water, right? And, and we had like little, we had these little, these, you know, the gallon jugs, right? In US gallon, right? <laughs> Not liters. And we get a gallon jug and, you know, we get a little, little small little bathroom cup. And we pour it and we drink it. And I remember one of the, the upper level black belts telling me, don't drink too much. You're going to get cramps. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about what my mother told me about, you know, not eating before, you know, uh, swimming because you would end up with cramps. Right. And, but that wasn't it. What happened to me once was I was at this like major, major seminar in heat, there, there was, there was no air conditioning and we were training all this time. And all of a sudden my, I got cramps in my, in my th uh, thighs, my calves, whatever. And they were very painful. And I was like, oh, you know, and I, I didn't think, I, I wasn't thinking about it, that you need like saltines or something. You, you need a little salt because I was just drinking regular water. And so I flushed out all the salt from my muscles and I got cramps. So this is important. If you, if you don't hydrate enough, you can get cramps too. My doctor was telling me that. And you just, you end up with cramps. So you need, you need plenty of hydration, but you need the right types of food. And, you know, bodybuilders, bodybuilders do this. And this is always very interesting. They will sit down like on a Sunday and they'll cook all their food and they'll figure out their, their, their micros and their macros and whatever they're doing. And they'll, they'll plan it out and they'll put it now, you know, in their phones and their planners and their, in their food journals or whatever. And they'll, and that's what, how they'll eat. And they'll eat the proper amount of protein and carbs and all that stuff. And that's important. And so being mindful that when you eat, that is part of the training. That is part of the training. There's a lot more to go into that, 
uh, with this uh, supplements. What supplements do you need? What don't you need? You can test out these things and figure out what works best for you. Uh, maybe eating in an anti-inflammatory way. You can look into that. But being mindful of that and saying, what I eat, that's part of the training, right? That's part of the training. It's not separate. The supplements, taking supplements, hydration, sleep. We'll go to sleep now. Sleep is important. If you don't have enough sleep, your body cannot heal. It cannot, it cannot grow. It cannot get stronger. And so that's extremely important. When you sleep, sleeping is part of the training and being mindful of that. This is all part of living a martial lifestyle. It really is. We could go into meditation and hypnosis, meditating, reading philosophy as you meditate or, you know, before meditating, we used to read the Tao, right? My teacher way back in the eighties, we, he would read a passage or two from the Tao as we meditated. And in our meditation in the beginning was just deep breathing, right? Just focusing, pushing away all the problems of the day so that you could train properly. But meditation, whether in class or outside of class, because sometimes they don't do it inside class now because some people consider it religion and they don't want to bring that in or it's against their religion or whatever, but you can meditate at home. You can do deep breathing to prepare yourself to train. You can slow down your breathing to relax. If you're okay with alcohol, you can have a drink to relax afterwards. Because I know I would go and I, I'd go train for a couple hours, you know, um, just you know, the last school I was at, I would train for 10 hours, uh, 10, 10, for, uh, 10 hours, right? No, I trained, trained for a couple hours after working. I'd go to work. I jump in the car, drive for an hour, train for two hours, drive home an hour. Sometimes it would be more on the way up. Sometimes it'd be two hours, depending upon traffic. I'd get home and I'd be like, ah, <laughs> right. And I'd want to eat something. And I wasn't very mindful of that, like having a snack maybe with me. Right. But I, I'd be tired, but wired. And sometimes maybe having, you know, a drink, an ounce and a half of something, if you're able to, I'm not, you know, if you have a drinking problem, don't do that. But you know, maybe have some warm milk or some tea or whatever, something to relax so that you can go to sleep so that you can get enough sleep so you can get back up, do what you need to do the next day. So that's very important. Um, I wrote training everywhere, training everywhere. And my story with this is kind of funny. So there was one time that I was in, I was in Papa Gino's. Now, Papa Gino's, if, if you don't know, because we have people listening and watching videos in, you know, many different countries and, and, and all around um, the U.S. Uh, you know, we, we have people who are subscribing and it's great. So they may not know what Papa Gino's is. Papa Gino's is just a, a chain pizza place. And there's something weird that I do when I go into restaurants. <laughs> oh yes, you're going to get the dirt now. And so I can't, I had to use the bathroom 
and I came out and I went to my wife. I told my wife, I said, I said, honey, <laughs> I said, I like the bathroom here. And she's like, you do? <laughs> and I said, yes, it's a great bathroom to train in. And she's like, what? And she thought she had heard everything with me, right? Because I'm crazy. She thought she had heard everything, but she, I'm like, you train in the bathroom. And I'm like, well, there's a mirror in there. See, there was, you, you close the door, you lock the door, you walk up to the mirror, right? You do a couple techniques, you know, maybe some chain punching or, you know, some, uh, you, you do, you know, you do, don't do it very loud. You do it quietly. Maybe you, maybe you do a crane stance or so stand on one foot, work on your balance, then you use the facilities, <laughs> you know, wash your hands, dry them, do a couple more techniques, and then you go back out, right? It doesn't take very long. It takes only a few seconds to do that. And, but she, she was like, huh? I said, yeah. Doesn't everybody do that? Oh, I guess they don't. I guess they don't. I guess <laughs> it's crazy, right? It's, it's insane. But that's yes. Yes, I do that. I, I do train wherever I can. And, you know, I've known people who train, you know, opening doors, they'll, they'll move in a certain way so that when they're opening a door at work, they're, they're, they're working a certain technique. You know, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do so that you bring the stuff in here. So we're, we're talking about that. We're talking about um, EDC right? EDC, everyday carry, everyday carry. To prepare to win through life. We have a thing and people have where they carry things on them. So there's a lot of things you can have on you. You know, you have to know what you can carry and what you can't. Uh, carrying a knife is important. And I'm just talking about for a tool, just being able to cut rope, open boxes, do basic things, having, having maybe a, a multi-tool on you or a Swiss army knife, like MacGyver, right? <laughs> but all that stuff, having a flashlight on you so that, and you might be like, well, Dave, I'm coming home. It's going to be, it's still going to be daylight. Yeah. But something may roll under a desk and now you can't see it, but you can use the flashlight. And a lot of us have flashlights and stuff on our phones, right? We have them on our phones. But, you know, the old saying is, what is one is none, two is one. It doesn't hurt to have the flashlight. It doesn't hurt to have a lighter so that you could make fire. It does, I could go through, I could do an EDC video. So let me know if you'd like me to do something like that. Because I have some, I, I get some interesting stuff with that. But you can carry things on you. And some of it is going to be for defense of yourself in your family and those around you. And some of it is just going to be because something may happen and you might need it. You may need to have a poncho in your car, or if you're taking public transportation in your backpack or something like that. Right. Or if you're walk walking, who walks anymore? Right? <laughs> but whatever, whatever you're doing, there, are, there are things that you can have on you. So that if you miss that weather report, oh, well, I have a hat, I have sunglasses, I have a poncho, I have galoshes, right? I have what I need so that I can be comfortable. 
right? I have extra stuff. Oh, I, I have a protein bar so that if I need something to eat, I can eat. You know, it's important. And it goes beyond just having weapons. You know, you get weapons, you get bushcraft survival, you get all that stuff. Uh, you know, I wrote horseback riding skills. You know, maybe, maybe for, for a lot of us, we, we don't have horses around all the time, but if, if, if you're around horses, um, it, it might be, it might be important. I don't know why I wrote that one down. Offensive and defensive driving skills, right? Like the Scotty school, you could actually take a course, right? And we, we, we all know, and I, I probably wrote it somewhere here, but we're talking about awareness. Being aware of your surroundings, that is part of the training. Carrying what you need on you. Being able to offensively and defensively drive if you need to. That's part of the training. And a lot of people, you know, you find yourself, you're, you're out in traffic, you're commuting to work or whatever. Those skills sometimes can come in handy, right? Keeping... Uh, Little things like keeping your car locked before you get out of your car, looking around, making sure there's nothing bad going on, seeing if there's anybody creeping around, right? These are important things to keep in mind. And it's all part of the training. Ukemi, Ukemi, right? For uh, We're talking about rolling and brake falling, and that's in so many different arts right you find it in judo and aikido and hapkido and jujitsu and, and everything and usually it finds its way into even some of the striking arts slips trips and falls are the biggest danger biggest hazard for people we had a guy come in one of the places i was working one of the security companies and he talked about that and he, he got, you know, he was very adamant about it. And he was like slips, trips and falls. And he, he was like over the top about it. And people laughed. He's like, this is not a laughing matter. Slips and trips and falls create lots of chaos. And, and it does, you can really get hurt. And the older you get. So understanding how to, ukemi means to receive the ground. You know, I'm, I'm not a, a Japanese, uh, a fluent Japanese speaker, but that's what I've been told to receive the ground. Okay. Right. Ukemi. So you're, you're learning how to fall or move and, and not get hurt. And there's other ways to perform Ukemi, but a lot of it is rolling, break falling. I have slipped on ice and used the ukemi that I know to save myself. I, I got wet, but I did not get injured. These are things that are important. And I know people who can, you know, roll down stairs and do all sorts of crazy stuff. And being able to do ukemi, uh, doing rolls and break falls, is really more important than being able to punch and kick. Because you're going to deal with more slips and, and falls and stuff. So... In your, in your life, right? You will, you will. Things like keeping a fire extinguisher in the kitchen. You know, I tell people, and we have people again from all walks of life, and I don't want to get into the politics of this. In the United States, we can carry firearms in most places, not everywhere. And to me, carrying a firearm 
when I do is like a fire extinguisher, right? I'm not hoping that there's going to be a fire in my kitchen, but I keep a fire extinguisher in the kitchen so that if there's a grease fire, I can put it out, hopefully, right? I have a, the opportunity, try to put it out. If I can't, then I call, then I get out of the house and I call 911, right? But I have the fire extinguisher there. So having a fire extinguisher to, to save yourself and your family from bodily injury, uh, to try to stop the fire. That is, again, another thing, part of the training. You're going to, part of the training, part of the training. Emergency plans and code words. These things are part of the, part of the training. Having a plan of where you're going to be if there is a fire in the house. Having code words so that you can let somebody know if you're in trouble, but you can't talk. That's, that's part of the training. See, this is, it's not just about going to a school and, you know, punching a heavy bag, kicking tie pads or whatever. It's not what it, it, it's, it's about holistic self-defense, holistic self-protection. Oh, so I did write awareness, being aware of your surroundings. And that goes with mindfulness. I mentioned it before, hypnotism, but, you know, self-hypnosis. Thinking about self-hypnosis, thinking also about visualization, because when you visualize something, you know, they, I know they've done studies of, for, for, for athletes that visualizing actually can even be better than practicing. I'm not saying you don't have to practice. You do. But usually before bed, like when I'm lying in bed and trying to fall asleep, I will run forms and different things through my mind. So that, and, and that helps me to fall asleep, but it also makes me a better martial artist. So visualizing, maybe you can't train today. Maybe you got injured. Maybe you're, you know, driving somewhere. Maybe, maybe you know, you're on the bus. Um, I do this a lot in the dentist chair. I'll sit and while they're doing work, I'll, uh, you know, the dentist is doing work and I'll visualize doing whatever technique or form or whatever. Now run through those things. And it's the same thing with self-hypnosis. You know, my dad, you know, made a tape, a tape, real like a set, right? Where he did a, a self-hypnosis thing so that everything that he learned in martial arts, that was his self-hypnosis tape. He tried to program into him that he would be able to just perform anything that he had learned or saw perfectly if he was, if he was in need. And so you can, you can do stuff like that. You can do audio recordings. You can, you can get hypnosis tapes, pouring this stuff into your brain. This is all part of the training. Flexibility, being flexible, stretching and being flexible in your mindset. You can bring that in. And what you should be doing too, is taking these principles and these concepts and bringing them into your life and trying to make them work in other ways that are outside of the combative realm. Because again, this isn't just about punching and kicking and grappling and all this stuff. It's about being able to do better things in your life. Weight training and cardio and running, all these things can be added in as you have time to the best of your ability. And it's all part of the training, lifting weights, can be, it's not a separate thing. 
running, not a separate thing. It's all part of the fight game. And it's all part of living martial. Live martial, right? You know, uh, talk about, you know, uh, JKD being, you know, the intercepting fist, the art of the intercepting fist or the way of. How do you do that verbally? You know, thinking about stuff, how to intercept somebody's, you know, before they say something in a meeting or they're attacking you in a meeting. How do you intercept what they're saying and reverse it on them? See, these are interesting things, like verbal judo. Wearing the right clothing, right clothing for the right situation, making sure that you know, they used to have the action jeans. They they brought them back, uh, Century did, you know, with the, with the gusset and stuff. But truly, I mean, I know people think martial artists are nuts. They're like, why do you need kicking jeans? Well, you might have to kick somebody. So why wouldn't you have kicking jeans? That sounds normal to me, but to the to normal people, it does not. But making sure that you're wearing clothing that you could fight in and clothing that's appropriate for the environment so that you're, you know, you, you have layers or whatever, so that, so you don't end up in a situation where you have hypothermia, right? These are all important things. So listen, this is just some things to think about, right? This is just some stuff that I'm giving you to think about a whole bunch of things that you could work on and bring into your life with the mindfulness that you're, you live martial, that this is all part of the training. And you can share this, these ideas with your students, if you have students or with your family or have them listen to this podcast. It's something that I think will be important because so many people look at martial arts as I run down, I put on my uniform or my t-shirt, my fight pants, whatever it is, and I get my workout and I work on whatever it is. And then there's the rest of my life, but it really is your whole life. Martial arts should be your whole life. It should be integrated. And once it becomes integrated, it will make more sense and make your life so much better. So did you like this? Do you want to subscribe to this podcast? Do you want to leave me comments? I'd love it. I'd love it. And just like on all my other videos, I say, no matter what you do, just keep training. I'll see you next time. I'm Dave North Martino for Live Marshall, the Live Marshall podcast, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening.